Hey, sports fans, you're tuned into the Emerald City Fandom Podcast. We're Seattle fans talking Seattle sports. We're your hosts. I'm Connor. I'm Sam. And I'm Justin. You ready to get started? Let's send it. Welcome back to the pod, folks. This is episode 65. And whole crew's here tonight. Got Sam and Justin in the house. And for the first time in 21 years, boys, the drought is over. We are celebrating tonight with drinks. Samuel, get us started. What are we sipping on tonight? Well, I'm going on the beer train to start. And because it is a, you know, a happy occasion, I looked for the highest alcohol by volume percent I could find in the uh, local grocery store here. So I've got a 9.5% Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA to start things off. And then I'm going to cap it off with Old Faithful, Old Number 7, Jack Daniels. You know how it is. How about you, Justin? That's a, that's a lucky number, 9 to 5, because the Mariners uh, wiped 9 to 5 off the board real quick. Ooh. Real quick. Uh, I am drinking an athlete's favorite beverage. We have a nice, tall 16-ounce glass of water here. It's crystal. No. <laughs> yes, yes, crystal clear, beautiful, has the minerals. No, best United States water that money can buy. I should have had Justin lead off after I was like, we're drinking to celebrate. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> I got water. No, you Do sandwich. you have anything? See, here's the deal. I have some wine, but I couldn't find the wine stopper. So like I couldn't like close it. So I'd have to drink the whole bottle. Just, it's Monday. So... Go ape shit on that thing. Go like just break off. You have a side of a table. Just break it off. And then we have some whiskey and vodka from my bachelor party but it's like i don't know i don't know if we're trying to do that so water it is i mean i'm trying to do that <laughs> see this is why we sandwiched me and i'd be trying guys. to do that connor what are you drinking i have a um i'm actually kind of going a little bit with a with a justin drink i have i have a cider it's an imperial cider <laughs> a justin drink i love it <laughs> however when i was i was 20 when that was <laughs> i remember <laughs> however it's not angry orchard uh i can't even remember i think it's i think it's shilling it's an imperial cider so it's high abv but um the special part is it's a shot of one of our products our new aperitivo is in it oh um, really too, so with shilling no, we didn't partner with them. I I added it to the oh. drink, basically. Okay. But like we've had a bunch of people try it that way and they really liked it. We've had good feedback. So that's um, cool. Yeah, which is cool because like that's not even what we made the <laughs> made the lick here to do, but um it's cool to be see it applied in different ways. Um we had heard this through word of mouth and then we've tried it and it's actually really good. So that is what I'm sipping on. It's pretty tasty. All right, guys, Mariners in the playoffs. Let's go back. Let's rewind this a little bit. So we haven't talked in a couple of weeks. Last time we talked, I was freaking out. You guys were calling us. <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> yeah. Because things were not looking great. You know, I mean, like things were good. Like we were still in a good position, obviously. That's what you guys kept reminding me. We had a favorable yeah. schedule down the road. We're still up by like three games or something like that. But I mean, these guys were choking down the stretch as far as blowing games against bad teams. Finally, 
Friday night, what is this, week and a half ago, basically, at this point, against the A's. Yeah. One-to-one game. Cal Raleigh steps up with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. 3-2 count. Bowl count. Walk-off homer. The stuff that you, like, dream of, like, in the backyard as Your kids. backyard wiffle ball, yeah. Cal Raleigh went through that in real life. And you could see it in his emotions, like going around second base. I don't know if you've seen that like highlight <laughs> yeah. of him going around second yeah. base. He's just holding his head, just like, what the fuck just happened? Basically. <laughs> yeah, I know. So and he doinked it right off the center of the foul pole. Yeah, it was, it was, which was epic. It was oh, it was yeah. off the, it was Top, off the right? cafe. It was off the cafe. Like it was off the windows of the oh, cafe. I thought it was off the foul pole. Mm-mm. No, dude, he crushed that thing. It was like yeah, 440. Oh, damn. What was when going through your <laughs> Yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. But like what was going through your mind whenever this happened on Friday and the Mariners finally clinched a playoff berth officially? I mean, the first thing that went through my mind was like it's about damn time. <laughs> and sure. second thing that went through my mind was that big dumper has been immortalized in Seattle Mariners history. That's got to be the number 2 moment in franchise history at this point. Well, it was at the time, maybe. Maybe. Well, okay. I, I would say number two moment, but it's like top it's, five. It, yeah. I mean, number yeah, two, maybe you could say is like 116th win or whatever, but like, you know, the double will always and forever be number one, unless we have something like that happen this year and we win the World Series. But the double right now is in a league of its own as number one. I think we agree. Yeah, yeah. I think we had a close second last I, Saturday. I think yeah. a two, two just happened. Yeah, yeah. I think two and three just happened. Mm. Mm. Well, what are they? We we don't have to tease it. We could talk about it. That's what we are here for to talk about it. <laughs> I, I think the I think the JP blue is to tie the game. Yeah, is a top three now. And then I think Frazier's double to win the or score the winning run. You think those were better the, than the, big the, dumpers walk off to, to break the 21 yeah, year drought? Yeah, yeah, I do. You do? Yeah, you're advancing yeah. the playoffs. The, and, and the, and like the, I mean, the context of like the comeback and everything too. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Cause, yeah. cause, think- cause, cause they still had six games or seven games or whatever left, right? I mean, it was awesome the way that it happened, but it wasn't like it was the last game of the year. And they were likely no. going to go into the playoffs anyway. It was 99.9%. The Orioles were choking on their own wings, right? Yeah. And then oh, I'm you have show something. <laughs> <laughs> don't know where you're going. <laughs> but 8 1, there's been two other. What were teams... they choking on, Sam? Just kidding. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> there's been two other teams. We still have football to cover. I can't, I can't engage in this. I know. Nonsense. We're getting yeah. off the rails already. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> There's been two other teams, right, in the 100-plus year history of baseball. Connor, correct me if I'm wrong, that have come back from that deficit in the history of the playoffs. Seven runs, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was two other teams. So the Mariners were the third team to ever do it. And it's eight to one. I'm coming back from a hike that my wife made me do. You know, it's Saturday. The Huskies are playing and the Mariners. So naturally, let's go on a hike that day. So I'm coming back. I would normally advise you not to say my wife made me do it. 
but she let's she be doesn't honest. listen to she's this not gonna stuff. listen <laughs> 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 she's not gonna listen to this. so that's why let's be honest <laughs> so mariners down eight to one i'm like it's over let's flip to the huskies and then you know they're just terrible 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 and so then we'll go back to the play. mariners and it was just unbelievable honestly that feeling of just the comeback and just seeing the double and the bloop from crawford get in there and the whole collision i mean yes it's terrible but oh god i couldn't have been more happy to see watch them hit each other and it, i hate offering in the second i was just yeah. so elated and it sounds like a terror but i don't even care i was so happy it was absolutely epic collision and just epic moment in that game oh man i was kind of doing the same thing i was flipping between the games and i've it got to eight to one and then I kind of flipped over to the Husky game, which was much closer at the, or I guess it wasn't, it was kind of getting out of hand over there too. So I was like, Oh, this sucks. guess I'll just watch the Huskies. And then I flipped back over and it was like eight to five, I think maybe. Yeah. After mm-hmm. and home run. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> Screw the Husky game. And i watched the Mariners game all the way through. It wow. was, so, I mean, that takes a lot. Wow, that is saying something. That's breaking right there. news right there. Holy yeah. shit, dude. Well, I had I knew I had, I had the Husky game recording and I was kind of like keeping tabs on my phone, but like I also had family in town and they were not interested in finishing the Husky game. And like <laughs> the Mariners game sure. had everybody on the edge of their seats at that point. So it was yeah, it was a good day as as a long time 30-year-old Mariners fan. That has not seen a lot of playoff success. Right. So let's let's talk a little bit just about this series against the Jays. So like going into it, how were you guys feeling? I mean, how confident were you guys that we could possibly pull it out? Personally, I wasn't thinking that we were going to sweep them. I was thinking if if we're going to win, it's going to come down to that third game. So I was like, I was feeling decent about Castillo, but like Alec Manoa is really fucking good. I honestly thought we probably we would probably win that game, but it'd be like a one run game. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't feel great about Robbie on Saturday. Like I'll admit that going in, like I didn't feel that great about that. Not only going against his former team, but it's just a bad matchup. Lefty on a very righty heavy lineup, and a um, in great that, in that hitting team. I mean, yeah, the Blue Jays in that are ballpark too. Yeah. Very good at yeah. the plate. Um. But yeah, like, it, how are you guys feeling going into that series? Justin, let's start with you. I was 50-50, honestly. Yeah. I was, um, you know, we talked a lot on this podcast about would you rather be the six or the four, and of course, we're yeah. five, right? The least, right. Fa- the least favorite of our options. But, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it would come down to three games either way. I thought these teams are pretty evenly matched, not in the same ways. Toronto, much better hitting team. Seattle with the bullpen and a couple of the starting pitchers, but you could probably say the back half of our rotation isn't as good, but not as relevant. So yeah, I, I did not think we'd come in and win the first two games. I mean, Luis Castillo was utterly dominant. I know we're not talking about that game much, um, but he was no, dominant. We should. We should. <laughs> Just completely shut them down, which is really yep. hard to do against this yeah. team. And then Connor, you nailed your thoughts. Robbie Ray just came in and shit the bed like he's been doing. So, yeah. and Paul, it was just predictable. Had a really too. bad ending as well. I mean, that was just like calamitous. That whole how that whole thing yeah. went down. But so I'll tell you my thoughts on that Saturday game. I know we're kind of jumping around everywhere a little bit, but like Saturday when Rob, the first game, second game. No, the the second game. Sorry. Okay. So that's why I'm saying we're I just want to clarify around here. for 
yeah, yeah no. for the listeners. And we'll we'll go to you after this, Sam. But I just wanted to jump in here real quick. The the Saturday game though, as soon as Robbie started struggling, like he'd given up what three runs in two innings or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm like pull him, just put Kirby in, like just like try try to maintain uh within distance, you know, like within three or four runs here. And they leave him in. He goes what down four zero, I think, by the time four or five zero by the time that he, yeah, by the time that he's he's finally pulled, and they put Matt Brash in, and I'm like, okay, I mean, at this point, it's you're probably thinking ahead to tomorrow, so leave Matt Brash in for like multiple innings here, right? Like try to have him eat a few innings here, and then he pitches a one two three inning. And then they put Seawald in the next inning. And he, like, blows his top the next inning, too. He gives up three or four runs, too. Um, so what I thought was, like, service was overmanaging this game. And I thought he was taxing his bullpen a bit unnecessarily, right? Like, the fact that you're throwing – like, I mean, these guys can pitch on, like, zero days rest, some of these bullpen guys. But, like, there's no reason for them to be out there in that time, you know, with the game where it is. So I thought that service was overmanaging. <laughs> On the flip side of the coin, though, the Blue Jays manager shit the fucking bed <laughs> and overmanaged off the, off of his ass. John Schneider, the Blue Jays manager, not the, not the Seahawks GM, uh, <laughs> might be fired after after what <laughs> took place on Saturday. He pulled his starter who was dealing absolutely dealing. Yeah. High pitch count. He was at 95 pitches. I get that. But at five and two thirds, he had, I think, a runner or two on. But, I mean, he's going up against Santana. Like, I understand that maybe you want to flip him around, but that's thinking too hard about it. Like, no one was touching Gossman splitter on Saturday. Just, like, let him try to finish the inning. Give him at least one more batter, right? He had just gotten an out, too. It's not like he had just walked a dude or something. He had just yeah. gotten a second out. So and like 95 pitches is high, but it's not not in the playoffs. For yeah, playoffs, they can, they 95 can go, is they can go 20 more for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the playoffs, yeah, you, see you, one, keep going. you see 120 all the time in the playoffs. I mean, especially yeah. deeper in the playoffs. So I I mean that that gave us hope, right? Their lefty comes in immediately, gives up a run after they load the bases because they didn't pitch to Julio. Um with a Which, or no, that, let's that just, was that was a different time. Yeah, but they did. I don't remember who they were up against, but like it was a wild pitch. We scored a run, and then we had second and third, and that's when Santana comes up, like flips around, and then hits the home run to make it eight to five, and that gave us that gave us life, right? That yeah. managerial decision gave the Mariners life in that game when they were, I mean, they were dead as a fucking doornail, right? Yes, I believe. I believe. Did you believe at 8-1? No, I did not. <laughs> See? See? So that I, I just wanted to point that all out just because I thought that whole sequence was fascinating because I think the managers, both of them, were probably getting too involved in the game, not letting their players play. But the Blue Jays, John Schneider, made a bigger fuck-up than Service did. And it cost him the game, I think. Yeah, that's hard to think anything other than that it's four I mean, runs right there yeah 
Yeah, I I felt the same way when they took Brash out. I was like, why, like let him let him go, and he looked good too. I mean, and he has yeah. starter he has starter reps in him. It's not like he's gonna have arm fatigue after one inning. Like he can go two or three. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. But I, and I, mean, I, I was like, just put flexing in for like four innings, dude. Just get through this day and get to tomorrow is kind of what I was thinking. But he just he, he kept getting i mean put he put castillo in like after seawald like just blowing through his bullpen i'm like what are you doing dude? (laughs) you have a game tomorrow which i mean maybe he knew but whatever (laughs) he knew service why he gets paid the big bucks speaking of which you gotta love you gotta i can't bitch that's the other thing in this whole run that like you know you get caught up in you know the drama of julio and some of these young pitchers and all the big names that are kind of like you know the trade for castillo and everything but how damn good does this feel for depoto and service i mean those guys oh yeah have been Long busting time. their tail for how many what year is this for them i think it's six eight. no eight. it's like eight. yeah whatever yeah. it is like that is i mean people have been calling for them to get canned the last three sure. years on the hot sure. seat and i mean to be fair not a not a lot of managers and gms would get that type of time no without making the playoffs sam i and think even this year service was getting called to get asked yeah the Mar- before when the they Mariners were, went on that run yeah. yeah when they were 10 games under exactly and i think it's like you know a part of me wants to tip my cap to the front office for the mariners of like being patient and sticking by these guys but i you know part of me feels like the front office is just not engaged and doesn't really care that much and it's like oh, yeah, we're, <laughs> bottom line is still fine so we'll keep these guys around but i think it is a cool story and a good feeling in today's day and age yeah. where you know across all the major sports there's such a lack of patience and letting general managers and and you know head coaches and managers give them their due time to build something special and i think we're seeing the Mariners reap the benefits of that, not only this season, but I know we talked about it in the last podcast. You look at the nucleus of this team is locked up to like 2027, really. And like, you know, this season has been epic by all measurements for Mariners history, at least. But, you know, it's just the beginning. And I think you look at what I would urge people to, to do as Mariners fans is it, you know, look back at the Legion of Boom, Seattle Seahawks, like, oh yeah, this is just the beginning. This is Russ's second season and shit can hit the fan really quick. So just enjoy it while it's happening. And sure. you know, it might be a year or two. It could be five years. Who knows? But enjoy the ride while you can. Yeah, no, for sure. That's I mean, that's that's why we love sports, right? Like we go through a lot of shitty times to have a few gleaming moments. And um, these are the type of moments that make it all worth it though. Right. I mean, this is 21 years of hardship for this fan base. It's been a long damn time, dude. It's been a not, long o- time. not, not only making the playoffs, but then they get their first series win. Like this is exciting, man. And they do yeah. it in, you know, epic fashion. Yeah. Let's go back and to I- the- Go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, kind of taking us back to the game too, you know, winning in a sweep on the road in Toronto. Yeah. You know, you talk about earlier in this episode, 
about you know we're kind of fumbling our way down the stretch of the regular season but Mm -hmm. man this just builds the momentum right at the right time to like get these two wins on the road in toronto knowing that you're gonna have you know obviously we'll have some games in seattle against houston but first two games in houston you know it just gives a lot of confidence and momentum to the team that had kind of been like floundering their way into the wild card spot yeah for sure Justin, did you watch the game on Friday? On Friday, yes. Yeah, like like live. You had it. Yeah, you had it yeah, on. the whole time. Yeah. So, like, what were your feelings and like nerve? Like, what was your nerve nerves level, if that's a term? Like going into that game and like kind of like at, like watching all the introductions and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how did you feel like as a as a Mariners fan? Like, and I guess like a a precursor to that. When did you move to Washington? Uh, 2000, 2001. Like okay. before so, the 2001 season started. So like you like kind of remember the 2001 season a bit. I, I went like, to like 20 games that season. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so you remember it pretty well then, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. But like since then. <laughs> it's been bad. You haven't experienced anything. So like <laughs> yeah. think back to like that kid going to 20 games, I guess, back in 2001. Mm-hmm. And you've been yeah. starved for something even remotely close to that for the last 21 years now. Mm-hmm. And your feelings going into that game on Friday, what were your emotions? Like, what like what were you thinking? And then, like, followed up with, like, how we performed in the first inning. Well, you mentioned little kid. I kind of felt like a little kid again. I yeah. Baseball used to be my favorite sport back mm. when I was that age. More so than soccer. I didn't know that. More so than football. And it's not, I, over time, it was because I liked playing soccer more and the maturity of the game, like, as sure. Anyway, but like, it just like, you know, maybe it's the fair weather in me, but the Mariners were so bad. I like allocated my time differently, and paid <laughs> less attention to them because I couldn't rely on them to be good. And it's just like a normal fan behavior, but not diehard. Yeah, because I'm not, not a diehard Mariners fans. I, I like them a lot, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch every 162 game sure. every year well we're sports uh, make that hard to do so oh, that too um but no i mean i was so excited i mean the national anthems they're lining up on the first and yeah. third baseline i'm like oh man here we go um i was super nervous going in i'm just like you know watching every pitch and every side comment i just hate that we don't have robot strike zone umpires it's unbelievable to me friday so, zone was it was wild but <laughs> yeah but neither here nor there but my my nerves were calmed down very quickly once we got three in the first i believe uh with luis castillo on the mound i was like oh it's gonna feeling be good. nice i'm, I'm feeling, feeling good. really good so i didn't have time to be that nervous just because of the early pitch um early start here in the pacific northwest on a sure. friday during a work day so but I was I was very nervous when like the national anthems were playing. Right, sure. that's when it like hit you. Yeah, I, oh, I think oh, that's shit. when it really Holy hit shit. me. We're doing this. We're in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> the wild card round now. Yep. Yep, for sure. Did you feel similarly, Sam? Did you end up watching it on Friday, or were you busy with stuff that day? I was busy with a lot. I got to watch some of it. Um, <clears throat> I had. I had it on the radio. I was driving from Spokane That's great, to Seattle. I mean, so I had it nothing, on the radio. There's nothing better than listening Holy to smokes. Which yeah. was awesome. Which yeah. was awesome. Um, Riz had great calls. Like 
at the end of the year and in that those those playoff games. Yeah, so I got to listen to the beginning portion of the game, and then once I got to Seattle, I was busy with some family stuff, so I didn't get to sure. watch it to completion. But similarly to Justin, like once we kind of got that lead, and it was pretty apparent that Castillo was doing his thing, I was like, okay, this is we're in a good spot. I mean, and yeah. that's been the story with this team the whole year. Like we when we get a lead, like we are tough to come back from behind. Like sure. this pitching staff and the defense that we put out on the field is is a pretty damn good product defense was great in this series too jp was awesome at short Mm -hmm. yes he was he had a couple of like kind of looked like routine grounders and you saw they were tough short hops like get rid of the ball super fast and mm -hmm. you're like oh it felt like as the ball is going to first i was like nervous like oh looked like he kind of rushed it but credit to those blue jays players i mean they were hustling (laughs) yeah Couple yeah. of those ground balls. I mean, he was rushing the throw to get it there. I can think of two off the top of my head. I think both in the Saturday game, where I was like, "Oh, geez, like take your time and just make a good throw." But he needed right. to do that, and it was like super close. But it's pretty incredible play for him from him for sure. At short. Yeah, and I mean, he had been making some errors down the stretch in the season too. So it was good to see him bounce back and on yeah. some big time plays in the playoffs um in in the wild card round um last thing that i'll 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 ask you guys if we lose game two like we all thought that it was going like going to go after we were down eight one do we even get out of this series do we do we advance to the divisional round how do you guys feel about game three i don't i don't know we, we we don't have to think about them. it, but I just we, I'm I just I'm asking theoreticals right uh, now. I would have been less than 50-50. Let's just put yeah. it that way. They would have had a lot of momentum going into Sunday, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, especially just, if we hadn't made any sort of comeback attempt, if it was just like right. eight one game two's over. Well, that's that what I tough. that's why I like I wasn't even thinking about winning whenever Santana hit that home run. I was like, okay, just get some like positive some hits going yeah. into Sunday. You know, it's it, it make a comeback attempt, but just like you know, just just get some balls in play. Cause like I mean we had what one hit through four or five innings there mm-hmm. for a while. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um we I mean we we needed some good mojo. I didn't expect that good of mojo though. All right, wrap that up, tie a bow on it, two-game sweep of Toronto, which we left this part out. Blue Jays fans are assholes, okay? So this felt really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They flood our area, area too in much. Their, in their st- yeah, I mean, it's probably There's that too. thing or like a yeah, West, yes. West, Western Canada thing to come invade our town and stuff like that. But it doesn't make me feel any less like different about the situation. Like those, uh, like those fans are assholes whenever they come down. They pick fights oh, with yeah. Mariners fans. Like there's a there's at least like several fights that happen every time that the Blue Jays fan are in town. Um, so yeah, felt Damn. great to kick their ass in their stadium. Yeah, that's in, right. In front of their fans in, in that in that fashion too to come back from seven runs down was just epic. Um, so I, I you know, chef's kiss type stuff. Now we have a challenge. <laughs> Sam. Sure do. Sam, you had mentioned, and you kind of like, I, I guess we had like kind of not saved you last episode talking about how you like, oh, you got to, if you want to be, be the best, you got to beat the best type thing because we were talking about being the 6-3 matchup. Yeah. But 
anyway, here we find ourselves as the five seed. Worst seed for sure <laughs> going into these playoffs because now yeah. we got to travel to Houston. Um, this is going to be a tough, tough series. But, I mean, these guys are believing everything right now, right? Yeah, I think this, this series feeling good. This is going to be a bloodbath of a series. These teams I mean, do not like each other Houston, at all. We hate Houston, and Houston hates us. Mm-hmm. Like, they have dominated us this year. Like, we have had Dominate hardly. It's like, what? Like, we're like five and nine or five and ten or something against them. I mean, it's, it's, I don't it's know lopsided, top... but it's not like, it's not like they've like swept us every time. But when they do beat us, they beat us pretty good. Like, they'll, yeah. When they beat us, it's like by like five or six runs. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what the record is or what the stats are. I know the last series that. that we played with them was tear. I think they did sweep us. Yeah. I think you're right. Right after the All Star break, I think maybe we snuck a game in that four game series. But anyways, like they, yeah. Houston has had our number for a while, and this year's not any exception to that. And everybody hates Houston, and I think that like Seattle is going to be America's team this week. Everybody hates Houston from the cheating scandal, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I think you're going to see a lot of batters getting pegged. I think it's going to be some some Bush League baseball going on at times, but it's going to make for some really good TV. Like, I I fear that they're going to throw out Julio, but at some point I think that will – I'll be surprised if they don't throw out Julio's head by the end of this series. Yeah. It's just so dumb in a playoff matchup to do that, but – motion takes over for sure with these two teams i mean would, hopefully would they you do put it, it past houston would you put it past them to do some bush league stuff like that i mean nope. they bang on trash cans so no <laughs> sorry i'm counting right now so you guys need to <laughs> take lead on this i'm yeah. also got a train going by my house right now so i'm not sure if you guys can hear that or not but all right i'll carry this i'll i'll set the stage so we're playing yeah. tomorrow tomorrow which is tuesday 12 yep. 37 p.m first pitch verlander and because to your point earlier connor when if we had a third game we can pitch out logan gilbert now instead of mm-hmm. throwing out a marco gonzalez or Maybe a Kirby, but he was pitching. Kirby on short rest with right. just pitching one inning. But right. But maybe he wouldn't a have been in that game. But though. it might have been Gonzalez, right? And so we probably feel a lot better about Logan Gilbert than we do mm-hmm. Marco Gonzalez, mm-hmm. at least in game one. Yes. So that, that is something. I still don't feel great because what is Verlander? He has like a sub two ERA or something like that this year. And he kills how old the Mariners. Is, he has a, he, I'm pretty sure has, he has a zero ERA against the Mariners this Great. year. Great. <laughs> I don't know if we've gotten a hit off of him this year. Wow. He's 39. We, we have, but... 39, and he's still gassing the Mariners. That's really sad. And so, gassing Kate Upton. What? Still. I can't believe that. They're still together. Yeah. From what I know. know. Yeah. They are. Wikipedia says so. It must be true. It must be true. The internet never lies. So, uh, the, I mean, game one, I'm, I don't know how you can feel good. I mean, I feel good because we're here, but game one, how are we feeling, guys? I don't, I do not feel good about this game. Yeah. If we go no, down 2 0, I just, it might be chalked. No, we definitely need to split. 
Um, you have How a does... better chance game two. No, no, sure. sorry. Two, like two zero in the game. But oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. confusing. I no, see. it's yeah. going to have to be like a – you're going to have to win like 2-1. <laughs> yeah. That's the only way you're winning. Gilbert's got to be an absolute ace on, on, on Tuesday, tomorrow, or today, I guess, as we release this. How does this series – so this is best of five, so we'll go mm-hmm. two in Houston. Two in Seattle. Two in Seattle, one, one in, in Houston. Houston. Okay. Yeah. And the and the schedule is stupid because it's Tuesday, it Thursday, and then it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday. It's Monday. I didn't know that. Monday. Oof. So you got a flat. Interesting. Okay. But It'll I be guess a day at that game point, for sure on Sunday. But I'd be more right. pissed about that if I was a Houston fan. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, if it goes that, game five, yeah, that's, sure. That's what I mean. Like game five, that's not as big of an advantage at home. Like you both are, I mean, it is in the stadium, but like both teams are traveling. Sure. Like, yeah, crazy to get back there. Yeah. I mean, I think both teams are dealing with that. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, that's a brutal schedule no matter what. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know why they spaced it out that way. Uh, But Connor, I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot here because you probably don't know, but do you know how teams do often extended rest in baseball versus a team that doesn't have that extended rest oh like as far as like a first round buy situation yeah. Yeah. thing, it doesn't come around very often because well this, this might is be kind the, of first the first year yeah, yeah this is the first year of this format um where you have the one, one and two seeds yeah yeah i mean there's there's for sure uh an opportunity maybe to get on these guys early if if they're not quite sharp I think it's more of the hitting. Verlander, I still think, will have his stuff because pitchers still have rest and all that. So it's more of the hitting than the pitching, in my mind. Yeah, probably. Um, Well, Gilbert's got to take advantage of that then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And if he's going to leave him over the center plate, do that early. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Before they settle in. Because before Um, this, they only had one game playoffs between the fourth and the fifth. This is the first the three game series yeah we've been in the situation before yeah so yeah i mean it'd be a new dynamic but i imagine yeah i mean it's it's certainly a factor they could be a little rusty behind the plate but um i ultimately this is what it's like an all-star break for them kind of thing you know it's like what five days off four days off so yeah but i guess the difference being the mariners have been playing so yeah 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 i don't know it could. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> it could. We, we, I mean, we have a lot of good mojo going. It could only help the Mariners, I would think. Yeah, I would agree. Let's talk about the the approach to the pitching staff here, starting pitching at least yeah. for the series. Like, I know we mm-hmm. – Gilbert versus Van, Verlander, game one. Like, that seems After that, pretty... it hasn't been released. Yeah. You, so, you, after that – We know who we, we're going with, but, yeah. What do you think? We're going with Castillo, like, almost for sure. How many Especially days if you lose that first game, you're definitely going with Castillo game two. Yeah. And so what how many days of rest would that be? That'll be he'd be a normal rest. Because you like get five days. Five full days of rest. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you Luis have to. I, I mean, back. I don't know why they're even holding it back. It's 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 playing mind games because Houston's holding back their starter, so they're not gonna release sure. He's not going to, or service isn't going to release his starter, but it's, it's going to be Castillo game two. Okay. Well then the interesting question then is game three, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yep. Back at what home. Would you, First home you... playoff game. 
What would you do in 21 years? Ah, uh, that's really tough. That's really tough. Uh, I mean, if you're just looking at your rotation, Robbie Ray should be the answer. Yeah. But given the fact of what just happened on Saturday against the Blue Jays, and you're facing a very similar type lineup in the Astros. And Justin, you read this off to me before the podcast. What is his ERA against the Astros this year? In three games, he has a 10.97 ERA against the Astros. This so you're season. not starting Robbie Ray game three? Probably not. Then you go Kirby then? You have to. I mean, uh, unless uh, the only scenario where you don't start Kirby there, in my opinion, is if he has to take over for Gilbert tomorrow because shit gets bad early. Yeah. At that point, I punt on tomorrow, but I don't know what service is going to do. He might try to put yeah. Kirby in there to eat some innings to see if we can get back in the game. But we're not get back. We're not getting back in the game against Verlander. Like if we go down early, that game's over. I'm Yeah, at that point, know. go Flexen or Marco or something. Yep. yep. Save Kirby. But you just mentioned his name. Marco's the other guy in this equation. He's actually done okay against the Astros this year. Marco, game three starter. I like going Could into happen. the playoffs. I would have thought that would be nuts, but maybe he'd be a nice change of pace too. I mean, we're throwing fireballers with both Gilbert and Castillo back to back. Both those guys got 96, 97 plus miles an hour fastball. Castillo is up at 100 miles an hour regularly. At least yeah. uh, last Friday he was. He was oh, throwing heat. Yeah, um, he was he was unhittable in that game. Um, so yeah, you know, 89 from the left side looks a lot different. That it's I I I mean I'm glad I'm not the one making this decision because I think that's going to be a pretty tough conversation. If you're down two zero, I think you have a hard time putting Marco Gonzalez out there, game three. Yeah, yeah. I think you probably go Robbie Ray at that point. Which just is hope like you nuts. get him on a good day. <laughs> yeah, which is nuts. But like he's yeah, this is what you paid him for, right? Yeah. If you split, I think there's definitely a conversation to be had. If you're up to zero, then you maybe throw Marco out there. Because then you can get an extra day's rest for one of these other guys. Maybe get Gilbert on Sunday. Yeah. Or Kirby, whatever. I mean. I feel like. Playoff baseball is crazy, dude. Like with like these, like how you like the strategic mind games that you have to play with, with with these the the starter rotation and how you manage your bullpen it's it's just a different animal than it is during the season i was kind of hoping and i was sharing my crackpot theories with you guys that we've seen back in 01 in this world series you saw randy johnson and kurt schilling go bum 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 and just like some crazy run you've never seen before (laughs) Yeah. yeah castillo pitched on friday the game is tomorrow, which is Tuesday. So you'd have, what is that, four days? I don't know how they calculate it, but is that four days of rest? Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know if they – I think uh, they three, only, I think they count between. So I think it's – Okay, three, three full days, but the, it was an earlier game. So whatever, yeah. right? In theory, you could go Castillo game one 
two days in between game one and game two and two days between game two and game three, I wanted in my ideal world to see Castillo game one and then game three or game four. Yeah. Because now with Castillo going game two, if that game five potentially is on a Monday, that is the same rest as what we're talking about. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's only the three. So that would be the same ideal or unideal scenario. So that would be what you go Castillo and short rest or not at all. So I don't yeah, know. I mean, if you get to a game five, you're for like, and Castillo hasn't pitched like since Tuesday for sure. Well, he's Thursday would be Thursday though. or Thursday for sure. He's pitching Monday though. Like absolutely. Yeah. And they're throwing Verlander out there too. Like, but Verlander's so old. He would pitch. <laughs> <laughs> He's fine. Trust me, he's still throwing 99. Well, Verlander's going game one, though. That's the difference. Yeah, that's the big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Castillo's going game two. Yeah. Verlander might even pitch Sunday. I don't know. Well, yeah, that, that would be it's, enough rest. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. The conversations that you can have about like you could talk about this honestly, like almost forever. Um, but we can should I, move on. Can I ask one question that's not related to the pitching? Yeah. What do yeah. we know? Is uh, what's the status on Santana? Did he injure himself? Is he gonna be Carlos? okay, Carlos? No, yeah, because he's day to day on today. Oh, I think he's fine. I think he'll play. Um, he'll he'll, he'll just DH. I mean, he'll be right? Fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was his injury? I don't even know he had an injury. Well, when he swung, he had like a weird like. Oh, that's right. He's like it was his ham- hamstring or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's on the injury report as of today. His day. I mean, but to follow this up, an interesting stat: no other MLB player has hit more home runs against Justin Verlander than Carlos Santana. Nine home runs. I love that. So, so he's got to play. Santana aggravated a pre-existing hamstring injury during Saturday's game two against Toronto but is expected to be ready for game one yeah. of the division series. Wonderful. They got those Theraguns. See that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just get all 30 Theraguns that they got in, in the yeah. clubhouse just Put on that die. Magic that spray. spray. It's just unfortunate we have to throw, have a throwaway in our lineup with Kellenic in there, but, you know, what to do. Yeah. What's he looks good against AAA pitchers. <laughs> he sure <Yeah>. does. <laughs> What's yeah, he looked, he looked good against Detroit and A's. I thought Haggerty was out. Haggerty's out for the yeah. postseason. And Winker's whole, probably sure? out too, right? Yeah. I thought I heard rumblings that Haggerty could potentially make a comeback. What? I don't know where we you heard world, that. because We made the World Series, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I thought he was like on like an eight-week recovery type yeah, thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. That's what I'm seeing here. Is not expected to be able to return for the postseason run. I mean, if they get like, I mean, you're talking like game five, six, seven or something in the World Series, maybe, but I, That's a I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. He was I know a big part of this team down mm-hmm. the stretch. Oh, for yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to, that left field spot's been an issue all year. You just have to hope that Kelnick can <laughs> get, get, get one of his, you know, triple A games going again at some point it's not going to come against verlander that's for sure (laughs) all right uh i think we've pretty much covered everything that we had on here yeah anything else that you guys wanted to add mariners wise well weren't we going to do predictions 
Oh, predictions, of course. Yeah. Sam, why don't you start us off? What, how, how do you see this series going against the Astros? Oh, I haven't thought too hard about this yet. I'll say we'll split in Houston. Okay. And then we're going to win. Then we're going to win the son of a bitch in game four okay. in Seattle. Love it. Three fireworks. That's what On I'm Sunday. going with. Yep. All right. Justin? I, this is really hard. The Mariner, I want Sam to be right more than anything. I'm That's why I said it. That's what I uh, want. I think the Mariners are going to lose in four. What? I, I think we're going to split. Not, in it's, not, it's, not, it's not a hot take, Sam. <laughs> Did you just I, say we're going to split in Houston and we're still split lose in, in Houston and we're going to lose, lose two games, games at home. in Seattle? Oof, yeah. That would be ultimate Mariners. Mm hmm. Jeez, it's not even December yet, Ebenezer Scrooge. At least no, the weather be, will be nice. It would be a beautiful weekend at the ballpark. <laughs> yeah. oh, I heard they got garlic fries. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's great. They might have a fireworks show after Sunday's game. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Star Wars theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that'd be a letdown. But, you know, I look, before I say my prediction, this season's a success at this point. 100%. Right? You yeah. made the playoffs. That was yeah, a yeah, success yeah. in and of itself. You won a playoff series already against the Blue Jays, too, in their house on the road. Um, this is a tough matchup, man. This is a tough matchup against the Astros. I think this goes five. And I know who's going to win. I think this goes five. Castillo pitching game five. Uh... Sure, why not? Yeah, I think we win it in, in five. Ooh, baby, in love, Houston. To, love to hear it. Love to hear it in Houston. That's the fan in me, though. Like, yeah, I'm. I'd be nervous about that game five if we get to it. I think if we get to five, though, I I like our chances. Did you end against up this team? I, and I, the... I I also think I guess like a uh, caveat to this. I think we go down 0-2. and we rattle off three in a oh. row that'd Damn. be epic that would be epic i want the storybook ending i want a sweep sweep that would be epic that would be awesome go up 2-0 against these fools and then put fucking marco gonzalez out there on saturday and he just goes nine perfect shut game. out perfect game <laughs> sure yeah great <laughs> silences all the haters i would love it all right. This, this is going to be fun, guys. This is yeah. fun. Week. All right. 37. Are you guys going to be watching? On TBS. Uh, no, I'm going to be at work, but I will be listening. Listening. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll be watching. Well, I'll be watching we'll be, too. Yeah. We will have it on blaring in, in the distillery. Rick Good. Riz's uh, voice will be echoing off of the walls of the, the, uh, what do you call it? The, um, Woodenville Commerce Center. So, yeah. It'll be epic. It's going to be awesome, guys. I'm going to enjoy it no matter what. Because we're we're in the fucking divisional series. It's awesome. So, we went, in the regular season, we went 7-12 and against the Astros. Yeah, I counted that Mm. up, yeah. 19 against them, 7-12. and It's not good, but that's not getting, like, completely hammered. Yeah. 
I will say the second half of the season was not as good for was the rough. Mariners. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did we did start it off at the beginning of the season though with an eleven one route at home. Yeah. Mm. Mm. How epic would it be to win game three or four like that at home? That would be awesome. I like blowouts. Let's do it. Yeah. Recency bias. We're due for one. One of the last seven matchups. That's what I'm remembering. Well, we didn't have Castillo the last time that we faced the Astros. That's true. And what I'm saying is they've had our number, but it it's tough to have a team's number for that long. Yes, it is. We're due. We're due for some revenge. We got some momentum, man. That's a real thing in baseball. Good mojo is a real thing in baseball. Mariners mojo. Well, momentum is less of a thing in football, Connor. It's uh, a non-existent thing in Seattle football right now. Yeah. Womp it's womp. rough. It's rough right now. Yeah, we're going to go from like good vibes only to not good vibes. Only. only. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with oh, with, no. with the Seahawks and, 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 and the dogs now. So let's start off with the Seahawks. Justin, why don't you give us a little bit of a lay of the land? What has happened the last couple of weeks? Yeah. Where do we find our where do we find our Seahawks? Your beloved Seahawks. Sure. So we left off. This team was one and two. They had blown, did they blew it? They blow blew a lead against, against Atlanta, Atlanta. Right. Yep. So they were one and two. Connor was back to being one and sixteen for the team. He's flip-flopping <laughs> between, you know, nine and eight playoff berth to one That's and where four, I'm at now. One and sixteen. Then we go to Detroit and absolutely blow their doors off for a little bit until they start coming back and, you know, really just hammering our defense. But we win 48 to 45 in Detroit. Pretty crazy. Barn burner. Dino Smith acting like he's, you know, a top three QB. And we'll get to that, you know, (laughs) Dino Smith's play in a second. But putting on crazy performances, our defense just trying to make this a game, but. Luckily, Detroit is so bad, we were able to get past them. And Detroit was missing a lot of their key skill makers, skilled players, and we still barely won. So now we're two and two. We're feeling good. Tied for first in the NFC West. And we go down to go down to a depleted New Orleans Saints team. And for a while, Sam, I would say the Seahawks were playing pretty well. And Geno Smith, again, just lighting up. Throwing some dimes, by the way, to Tyler Lockett down the field to DK. Yes. That that last touchdown he had to Tyler Lockett, by the way, that throw. I don't know if you did you see I, that? Yes, I saw oh. it. Whew. That throw was incredible. He also had another throw where I remember making a big deal about a Michael Penix throw earlier in the year, rolling out and hitting somebody down the sideline. It's just like perfect pace on the ball, everything. Gino had one of those. I forget who the receiver was. I think it was, was DK. It... He was rolling left, right? Is yeah. this the one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. He was rolling left, right handed thrower, and he just like throws a dart to the sideline. And that was just like, holy smokes. I mean, that, that and Gino looks quick too. I mean, he put, he made some impact with his legs. It's a young 32 year old out there, but at the end of younger the day, younger than Russ. Younger than Russ. The end of the day, our defense is flat out awful, boys. And they allowed 39 points to New Orleans with the unstoppable tight end that is Taysom Hill. 
Yeah, he is a tight end in fantasy. Who ran? Yeah, who ran? I almost picked him up, and I did. I'm very bitter. Who ran for three touchdowns over a hundred yards and had a passing touchdown as well? He threw one pass when he was in for like forty yards. The dart. Yeah, that was a nice throw. So really, just our defense gave up. I want to say around. I had the stats up. I closed it. I think it was our near 250 yards on the ground, mm-hmm. less than 200 yards passing. Somehow, more than but, half of those were Taysom Hill too. Yeah. So it was it was a really pathetic performance from our defense, and we've let in 45 points to the Lions, and now 39 points to Red Rifle Andy Dalton and the Saints. <laughs> That's not good. And now we're two and three. And you say, oh, our offense is playing really well, but our defense is even worse. Like if you think of like a scale, how good our offense is, our defense is like two times worse. And so we go into the rest of the season with this defense. And we've seen, like I mentioned last episode, where we've started off slow on defense and we've kind of turned it around. I just don't think we have the personnel guys this time, no matter what we throw out there to turn this around on defense. And so we're going to be seeing a lot more games, I think, like this 40 to 30, 40 to 20 type of scores. It's entertaining as hell. Yeah. Yeah, it's better than watching Broncos games, that Thursday night football yeah. against the Colts. <laughs> Holy shit. What a barn better than watching that Seahawks was. games the past couple years. Well. Well, I mean, the Seahawks generally we missed won. the playoffs last year. Well, last year, yes. Yeah. The year before. But, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. 2020 wasn't it's about the Seahawks now so what do you what do you guys think so you know we've Connor we'll start with you you flip-flopped between playoff team winning the Super Bowl to worst team in history where where are we at are we feeling more of Super Bowl right now or worst team in history where are we at on that scale Uh, we won a second game so I I, I don't know like we were predicting pretty bad things in that Lions game and I mean I think a lot of that depended on who was playing the fact that they had both swift out and Amon Ross St. Brown and like, DJ Chark. They're two and DJ Chark. Yeah. Like and they still that, put 45 on the board. Yeah. Immediately you're like, Oh shit, we might actually be able to put up enough points against this team. Um, Cause they're, their defense. We underestimate how bad they're doing. They were terrible. Yeah. Right. They're really bad. Um, yeah. Dan Cam- Campbell doesn't have those guys biting any kneecaps off right now. Um, so <laughs> That I mean that that was an entertaining SL game though. <laughs> like again, it, it's it's difficult to watch when your defense can't play, can't stop anyone. But Gino's playing his fucking ass off, dude. We have to talk more about this quarterback. Yeah. Like if if the defense was even below average, average or below, below yeah. average, they're awful right now, right? Mm-hmm. As 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 per your term there. If they're even just below average, you might be, you might be four and one right now. And then you're talking about Gino as an MVP candidate. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Five weeks to the season. <laughs> call me crazy. Call, call me crazy right now, Sam. All right, Sam. Let's. You're start. crazy. You're crazy. Guy, <laughs> Sam. Sam. So hold this on. This guy's hold on. top three in QBR right Connor, now. Connor, hold on. <laughs> Sam, who do you who do you think's played better through the first five seasons at quarterback than Geno Smith? The first five seasons, five weeks, five weeks. I don't know. I'm I I don't know. It's just I'm not laughing at what you're saying. I'm just laughing 
that what you're saying sounds it's not crazy shit just hold on let me finish easy easy up there partner what i'm saying i'm not not, i got a second beer out right now (laughs) (laughs) i'm not laughing at you and what you're saying i'm just in the sounded like it if i put my hat on to preseason or the off season you know how batshit crazy you sound yes yes Yes. that's what that's what i find being humorous is like it's putting my own foot in my mouth i I said that we were going to be one in 16 with gino at quarterback we've already won two games with gino at quarterback so and gino's not really good not at all really good yeah he does he looks he looks efficient. He's like, we are probably a top two or three efficiency offense in football right now with Gino at quarterback. And yeah. he is a top five quarterback in most like standalone metrics for quarterbacks that are meaningful. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you look at all the advanced stats or the normal stats, the two quarterbacks that he's behind in the advanced stats are Mahomes and Josh Allen crazy dude pretty 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 good and we're talking about a week when they like like they didn't even open up the playbook the first two weeks for him no i mean the 49ers was a scrub they dominated us in all aspects they did but like he also like that play calling was super conservative it was yes right i mean and he didn't have the plays too like we just the offense was on the field at all Mm -hmm. in that game so i i mean He's doing this. Uh, he's doing it this against it uh, against the Lions. The Saints are like legitimately a pretty okay defense, though. They are um, an okay defense, yes. So I mean, putting up thirty-two against them, it's pretty good. I, I I need to see more of it to truly believe in the hype. I think, but like you got to give this guy some credit right now. I mean, we we were all dead ass wrong on this on this. Everyone yeah. was though. I mean, it's not just I mean, us. Three. Everyone. Yeah, and he said it himself. They wrote, they wrote, they wrote me off. I didn't write back though. Like Gino has not, still not written back at this point. Mm. Like he's, he's holding that thing. He's holding that letter. He's waiting until the end of the season, when he's come back Player of the Year, probably. Um, yeah, probably. I, I mean, the way that this guy is playing, does this like change anything, like the outlook at all on you guys as far as like quarterback going forward i'm not saying that you give gino russ money and i don't think that he would command that after even if he's like playing close to this level by the end of the season i think the the fact that like he doesn't really have a track record (laughs) before now (laughs) well he does it's just not a good one right well yeah that i mean that's what i mean by that um like i think you could pro- like if you could sign gino back for like two years at 10 to 12 million dollars a year would you bite that apple and maybe either delay getting another quarterback or maybe push the quarterback pick further down in the draft this upcoming year i mean we've been talking about a top five pick top 10 pick all off season season like going into this season right um where are you guys at on the quarterback situation after five weeks of of gino i think it's a really or yeah well i'm gonna jump the gun here go ahead i think it's (laughs) i think it's a really 
difficult spot to be in with Gino mm-hmm. on a one-year contract because like he continues to play this way. There's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be willing to pay him desperate money, like to come in. I, Maybe. I that's just what I think. I mean, we've seen it happen with, you know, somebody like Kirk Cousins before, even thrown sure. back way back Matt Ka- Cassell or Castle, whatever, Castle, however you pronounce yeah. his yeah. last name. Even Matt Flynn is another one that we know yeah. all too well that we that we pay. <laughs> yeah. So from a Seahawks perspective, like. I would love to get Gino back for a year or two at 10 to $15 million. I just don't know if he keeps up this pace and he's a top five quarterback at the end of the year, even if it's just for one season. Like, I think that there's going to be teams out there willing to pay more than what Pete and John are going to pay him. Mm -hmm. So I think at the end of the day, ideally what you see from Gino, you love and like you want him back. And I think, you know, with the Broncos draft pick, I think between us and the Broncos, your odds of having a pretty primo draft pick are are looking good right now. (laughs) They're looking pretty good. Who won this trade? Who won this trade right now, Justin? I can't believe I'm saying this, but right now it's the Seahawks in a landslide. In a major way. Uh, I mean, I'm shocked. I'm still shocked that that's the case but that's where we're at right now how's our boy russ doing down in denver well as i think (laughs) i said off air um when we are having a debate i want to say two years ago now um maybe a year and a half that sam and i were saying russ was about the fifth best quarterback and you were like no he's terrible he's around eight to (laughs) ten okay yeah (laughs) I mean that's still not terrible, but yeah, I. But yeah, the sense there was the. I tone. didn't think he it was, was the top tone. five. It was the tone. I thought he was sliding down. Connor, he he's like twenty eighth to thirty second. So yeah. I was wrong, even. Yeah. yeah uh, yes. Uh, this season, it's 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 worse than anybody could have imagined. Yes. I mean, you guys. I mean, I'm the quote unquote rust defender on the show, and we can get into all that at a later time. But like, fine, yeah. even you guys couldn't have imagined rust playing this terrible. There's no way. No, 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 not this bad. I thought he might struggle, but I didn't. But think not this, this is bad. a whole new level of struggle. I yeah. mean, seeing ghosts out there, I mean, he can't even read a deep like at all. Not that he could ever see the middle of the field, but he can't see the sides either. It's like. Charlie Whitehurst might be doing better for the Broncos right now. It's Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> who was their quarterback last season. I anybody, really. yeah, it's bad. it's bad. And it like he looks super slow. His escapability is. Not I mean, there. he showed a little more escapability the last couple of games, but it's just it's just passing and reading of defenses is way worse than he ever. I mean, he's always had flaws, but it's worse than ever before. So. I mean, I know this is a Seattle sports show and we should be talking about the Hawks, but can we at least just like this is relevant though. Can we just break down the very final play of that Broncos Thursday night football game? Oh man. Hamler wide open. Go for it. Yeah. So I'm just going to go on a little tirade here for a second. So buckle up. This is Sam being humiliated right now. This is, this is story time with Sam. So 2014 Super Bowl. Everybody remembers. Oh God. Feed the beast, back to back Super Bowls, Dynasty, it's all great. But we did that didn't happen. Dynasty didn't happen. Instead of running the ball with Marshawn Lynch, we pass it 
gets picked off on the goal line. Everybody knows. Well, nasty divorce between Russell Wilson and Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll. Some rumors are coming out that it was Russell Wilson that changed the play at the line of scrimmage to a pass play. Now there's, you know, I, I see you shaking your heads. There's, you know, the validity of the source is unknown, but there is a rumor out there that that's what happened. Is the source but, on Thursday night football? Yeah. Uh, this source who shall not be named may or may not be on Thursday night football <laughs> broadcast. Uh, <laughs> Fast forward to Thursday night football, fourth and one. I forget what the score was. Broncos were down. They're down three, right? Uh, I think they were down overtime, overtime, right? Yeah. Down three. Oh, you're right. They could have kicked the field goal to tie. Yep. But I I don't, I mean, you go for it there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with that. Like play to win the game. Overtime was running down. The clock was running down. Fourth and one. What we're hearing is that Hackett called a run play. Fourth and one run play. Russell didn't like the look, checks to a pass, and it's a very similar pass play to what Ricardo Lockett ran that, you know, that rub pick play. He didn't look that way. And he didn't look that way. I don't know if it's PTSD or what it It was, (laughs) but that the play that they ran to the designed first read was wide the fuck open. Was it Kenny Hamler? Hamler, yeah. I, I can't remember his first, first name, name but yeah. Hamler, Hamler, Hamler yeah. wide open, and Russ never even looked at him. I mean, yeah. would have walked into the end zone. And How tall I was just, the offensive lineman in front of him? Taller than Russ. But that didn't stop him in 2014. <laughs> but anyways, like, it was just like some of this stuff, you just it feels like it's scripted by Hollywood. Like it is almost yeah. the identical play. Russ doesn't even look over there. Like clearly, I mean it's easy to look at it and be like, oh well, yeah, that's PTSD. He wasn't gonna look at the pick the pick <laughs> side of the play. But anyways, it was a bad look. Hamler was yeah. like chucking his helmet all over the field at the end of the game, but it was just like a third of the way through the season, this could not have gone any worse for Russ Hackett and the Broncos. And it culminates into that fourth and one play. And it is a bad place to be. If you're a Broncos fan. So I just, I just had mm-hmm. to, you know, let our listeners know if you missed it, go back and watch it. Cause it is ugly. It's bad. And it makes you feel That'll... good that we weren't the ones to cut the $250 million check, which was my biggest thing about Russ the entire time. It's like, you cannot pay him that much money not worth it broncos fans are fed up with this dude after five games not good not good what's a rough situation i mean it's getting harder and harder to see how he turns it around i mean and he could i mean i don't know i i just don't see it right now so it's really hard but you know what's what i don't think is turning around for sure is our defense getting back to the seahawks i I will say it's bad i don't know i kind of I would generally like if somebody held a gun to my head, I would agree with you. Like this defense is not going to turn it around. Although I know we were talking off the air. There is a trend of Pete Carroll taking over the reins of the defense and the defense does get better because Pete Carroll is the, one of the best defensive coaches in history. If he was, why does he let his defense be so bad? He wants to get, because he's a good leader. You got to empower, you got to empower your, your shit. You gotta be CEO. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's not panic time yet. We're two and three. It's not over. We're fine. And and the other thing that I'll mention besides Pete Carroll's defensive genius, we have some of these young players genius. that are just like really showing up. Tariq Woolen, let's Ooh. be honest. Yes, he looks good. I'll the draft class looks, in general looks fucking fire right now, boys. Looks re- really, really good. Real good. Mm, I mean, you got one. you got Cross, boy, boy, Tariq, Lucas, Walker, Tariq Woolen. Those four look like legit three players. picks in three games for Tariq Woolen mm-hmm. and a fumble recovery. Whew. Kobe Bryant's on, you know, some learnings still to do. Yeah, uh, he's but, he's made plays though. Yeah, but you yeah. know, he's also been beat a lot. I mean, oh, he's been yeah. giving up forty lot. points a game. So yeah, he's know. been beat a lot. Yeah. He looks. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of Earl. His his rookie year. Mm, well, Earl was pretty fucking good. Earl got day beat one. a lot his rookie year. He did. I don't know. It's hard. It's different position, right? But he also I, made plays similar to what Kobe's making right now. Yeah. What we're missing different, is Bam different, Bam. Different position, though. So. Yeah, we have no Bam Bam. That's for sure. No. We, our, our safety we play have, has, been, has left, we have has left to be desired. We Bam Bam. We'll say that. Yeah. So, anyways, I hear what you're saying, Justin, but, like, there's a, there's a sliver of hope that I have that the defense can, like, turn it around just enough to be, you know, you know, I don't know, 20th best defense in the league gives us a chance. Yeah. We can need per- the pass rush to come alive. Like, can I, I mean- pro- can I provide a counterpoint to Sam real quick? Yeah, sure. So against Detroit, against Jared Goff, who can't win a road game, only plays well in domes without their star running back and their top two wide receivers, puts up forty-five points and he throws it all over the yard against us. Fast forward to New Orleans and they run the ball down our throat with Andy Dalton at quarterback and no Michael Thomas and no Olave for about half the game. Yeah. That doesn't spell good things with our schedule coming up. Let me tell you with much better players and much better opposition. And so even if they do get a little better, I just think with this young, um, the young cornerbacks that we have out there and Tariq Woolen for sure has looked like a really good bright spot through this, through the first five games. But with the, with the lack of pass rush, with I would say putting it lightly, God awful linebacker play, yeah, and then yeah. pretty it's bad bad. secondary play. I I don't have high hopes at all that this will turn around this season. Just because wait till we, Pete Carroll gets the chalk. Wait till he gets the chalk in his we hand, start, baby. We started. Remember how bad it was had, in 2020 and last year, though. Yes, but we had Here. better personnel. Some. I mean, we had a Hall of Fame linebacker at least. That's that he was wasn't bad. playing Hall of Fame ball though. Mm, he was pretty good. I mean, a lot I mean, he's better, better, he's than, better I mean, than Cody infinite, Barton. And Jordan infinitely Brooks, better but... than Jordan yeah. Brooks and Cody Barton. Yeah. And you had like a one season close. resurrection from Carlos Dunlap. And what was Which, it? 2020. Daryl Taylor's Wright been a zero. KJ Wright was okay in 2020, from what I remember. KJ Wright was great. Yeah. So, I mean, you compare those two to Cody Barton and Jordan Brooks. It's... So, here's KJ my Wright counterpoint. was better than Bobby in 2020. Yeah, yeah. So, here's my counterpoint to your counterpoint. <laughs> okay. Are there any personnel moves mid-season that we could make, a la 2020, that could help shore up this defense? I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, you don't. You don't. That wasn't the answer to my question. Was it worth it or not? Is it possible? Anything's possible, right? Oh, see, that sounds like you got a little bit of hope there. See, Mariners going to the World Series. Anything's possible. Okay, we play the Cardinals next. 
their their defense isn't good. I mean, I think that'll be a close game for sure. But I, I, that's gonna be a good game, I think, on Sunday. I think that'll be a good game. I mean, did you did you guys actually look up Kyler's Murray suit? I told you to do a pregame or pre. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. up. Sam, look it up. Tell me what your thoughts are. What am I looking at? Look up Kyler, Kyler Murray green suit. suit. Green suit. Look it up. Uh, after the Cardinals game, they go to the Chargers. I I think. Oh, he's a Seahawks fan. I think that's a blowout. Absolute blowout against the Chargers. Host the Giants. That's probably a close name game. And then the Cardinal. And then there's the Buccaneers, the Raiders, the Rams, who will probably be more healthy on their offensive line. 49ers, Chiefs, Rams again. I don't know, guys. I mean, I just I don't know if it's worth it to try and make midseason acquisitions. I think it's going to be a little better than my four win prediction. I think we could get to six probably. Anything's possible, Connor. Anything's possible. A little six Let's and eleven. Go. A little six and eleven season. That's, but... that's getting pretty close to seven. <laughs> yeah, but we're not a good team, guys. And you, yeah, but that that's predictably changed. so, though. Yeah, we're not a good team. The Vegas has us as the second worst team in the NFL still. So I don't know about that. I'm t- there... That's a fact. I mean, that's just Vegas. That's not. That's not me saying that. Yeah, that. I mean. That's overblown. There's there's no way we're the second worst. There's worse teams for sure than us in the NFL. I don't think like, we're second worst, but I I could you could make an argument for bottom five probably. Yeah, so, I would say uh, yeah, probably I'd say probably five. bottom. I'd say probably bottom ten at this. Oh, point. I mean that's for sure bottom ten. Yeah. No, like I'm saying, I don't think I would say bottom five. Like I think we're probably like in the seven eight range. Hmm. Moral victories. Connor has a. That's just me thinking. One. Like I would have to actually look at like. Teams. So I guess <laughs> really to answer know. answer our notes question here of what we're seeing, you know, from the Seahawks and if they'll change, I'm revising my season predictions from four to six wins. That's, I mean, that's imp- is that solely based on Geno, basically? It's not on our offense. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the defense. I promise yeah. you that. And some of well, the we other, thought the defense was going to be improved this year. Some of the other teams that are on our schedule are not as good as I thought. Yeah, like the NFC yeah. West is not the, as like, strong as mainly we the Cardinals. I think because by the time we play the Rams, I think they're going to get a little healthier. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see. If I had to revive, I had, I was three, three wins, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like yeah, you you were the most pessimistic. Yeah. I still don't know that we're going to get, I still don't think we'll get to six. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Gino gets injured, right, we go to Drew Locke and who knows what the hell is going to happen. <laughs> don't talk about Gino being injured. Well, yeah, the you, reason you I bring up that. injuries is because Rashad Penny, who is playing Oof. really well uh, now, I think broke his leg, his tibia and fibula. One, of, I think both. His right? fibula. It was his fibula. Yeah. It's a clean break though, but yeah. yeah he's out I year. mean, he'll be back next year, but yeah, he's out for the year. And uh, now you know why you spend a second round pick on a running back. No, don't you? But no, <laughs> but yes, Kenneth Walker is now the running back for the Seahawks, which I feel fine with. But it's just like, hey, long it's, it's a bummer. On Sunday. It's, it's a bummer for Rashad Penny. It oh, really for sure. Is. Yeah, he was he was playing well too. It sucks because when Penny's been healthy, he's been one of the really best. good last two years. Really yeah, good. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Ken Walker can repeat what he did on Sunday, though. He looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Arizona this Sunday, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a good game. Arizona's not shown anything that great on defense. Their D line has had some games where they're good, but I'm going to say that Arizona wins 
35 to 31 hmm. in Seattle. I think the over under on that game is like 50 or 51. It's 50. Oh nuts. my God. I'd, I'd go, go over. over on that big yeah. time. <laughs> Seahawks might score 50 alone. Right. Cardinals too. I don't know, they might just... <laughs> yeah. It might be a, it might be a repeat of yeah that Chiefs Rams game from two or three years ago. What do you guys think? Well, you kind of stole mine, so I'm gonna just flip it and be like total wild wild west over here and say Hawks are gonna win 35 31. How you like them apples? Whoa. Okay. Three and three. Here we go. Just yep. completely turn it back around on him. Okay. <laughs> uh, where do I go with this now? Um. Let's go 31-21, Hawks. Wow. wow. Defense, huh? I think Connor must think that the, the, the Broncos offense is similar to the Cardinals with that kind of score line. Kyler Murray's not that good, man. So I'm saying. So you must like he's closer to Russell Wilson than any of the other. What about the same height? Oh, I think he's shorter. <laughs> the Kyler is Might be yeah, shorter, yeah. five eight, yeah. five nine. At least he's, he's like my height. He for definitely sure can faster. still run. That's that's <laughs> not a debate. Definitely, definitely fast. Definitely faster. But well, yeah, I, I don't know. I why not? All right, a lot of I'm optimism. feeling risky. A lot of optimism. Is there still optimism in the dogs, Connor? Nope. Oh nope. Jesus! Come on. No. Just <laughs> It's been a rough couple of weeks, though. It's been a rough couple of weeks. Uh, dogs find themselves at four and two. And uh, the, the dream of the college football playoff is officially gone. Even the dream of possibly a Pac-12 championship is probably gone at this point. Title game is gone as well. Um, with, with the two yeah. losses. Um, so a bit back down to reality, I think, at this point. But yeah. if, you were, if you were to just, you know, bird's eye view, take a look at this team beginning of the season, be four and two you'd probably like honestly have predicted that or like been okay with it. You know, we probably would have predicted a loss against Michigan state who's trash apparently, but um, you know, a, a loss there and then a loss, one of the two road games that we just lost yeah. uh, against UCLA or, or Arizona state, the UCLA one, they look, they're good. DTR is playing his fucking ass off right now. Yeah. And, UCLA is a good team. We deserve um, to lose that game for sure. Like given it, yeah. we I mean, we almost came back. Like I mean, we made that a game. Did but they were the. I would say UCLA was the much better team on that day. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, but this last game against Arizona State, I just have a bad taste in my mouth right now. Yeah, that football. that feels a lot worse because Arizona State isn't a great football team. Yeah. So, like mm-hmm. Sam, what what went wrong on 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 Saturday? Like, as you're flipping back and forth between this game and the Mariners game, and why did you end up? you know, just watching the Mariners game. <laughs> well, because, I mean, come on. It was a rally of the century for a Mariners fan. You can't miss that. And sure. I went back and rewatched the Husky game a couple of times, as I always do. And, you know, it just comes down comes down to a couple of things in my mind. If I And I know we'll dive into more detail here, but you just – you can't really just rely on the offense or, like, one dimension of your team to be able to carry – yourself through an entire season at you're going to come into the games and something's going to happen on offense, which we've seen both 
at UCLA and Arizona State where our offensive turnovers have really been the difference outside of like just the defense playing god awful. Right. You know, if we don't have a couple of those turnovers, which are 14 point swings, because our offense, when we don't turn the ball over, we score. <laughs> It's like we're not doing a lot of punting. <laughs> it's either mm-hmm. we give the ball to the other team or we're scoring. So those are huge momentum shifts, especially when they're happening before the half in both games. Um, so that's been something that's just like, you know, in some ways, definitely in this Arizona State game, the ball just not bouncing your way. And that's part of football. And you got to be able to weather that storm. That pick six off of the dome of Jackson Kirkland is just super unfortunate, and that's the difference in the game. Um, And then the other thing, you look at the defensive side of the ball. Like I know we've been talking about it and alluding to it even when we were ranked number 15, 4-0. Like This defensive scheme is very different from what we've seen in the past, and it's going to put a lot of stress on your corners playing man coverage. There's not going to be two high safeties 15 yards off the line of scrimmage that we're used to under the Pete Kwiatkowski, Chris Peterson defense, and we're seeing some of that biting us in the ass, honestly. And part of that scheme, but I think even more than the scheme, and I know, Connor, you were pretty fired up and ready to fire some DCs (laughs) this past weekend. I'm pumping the brakes on that a little bit. We personnel wise, we do not have the Jimmys and Joes on defense right now. I mean, you look, I mean, you've got two true freshmen starting at corners for a large part of the game, or I guess one, a red shirt. You've got, you know, safeties converted to corners. We're playing a true freshman defensive lineman is like third in the team defensive lineman snaps that the next best offer he had six months ago was grand valley state or whatever it's called that's not a good look and you know our linebackers have not been great i think tupatala has been okay carson bruner needs to be playing cam bright needs to hit the hit the pine yeah but i think you look at the the combination of the scheme and the injuries we've had it's just been a recipe for disaster on defense. The scheme puts so much pressure on those defensive backs and, you know, Asa gets shipped off with, you know, a pretty questionable targeting penalty in my mind. And you're left with cam fab, Alex cook. Neither of them have played well for being cam. Fab's been God awful. He's been really bad. And, you know, they've been around for a long time, but it is their first year in the system. And, you know, Alex Cook is a converted wide receiver. Let's not forget that. And you're rolling with super young corners that are, you know, you look back to one of the best defenses we've had, you know, with Kevin King and Sidney Jones and Buda Baker in the defensive backfield. Don't forget when they were all playing as freshmen, they were not very good either. And I'm not saying that these guys are going to turn into NFL talents by any means, but like the scheme putting that amount of pressure on these super young, inexperienced players that aren't communicating well in the back end is just a recipe for disaster. And I think at the end of the day, we've seen that really be the Achilles heel of this team in the last two games. And then a little bit of the, the excuse wagon here, we do not play well on grass. We don't have grass practice fields. And that is a thing. 
Like that is a real thing. We look slow, both of these last two games and unsure footing, when we, especially on defense, like coming up to make tackles, we look super tentative on our Julius Irvin got spun down. on a top like five times in that UCLA game. Yeah. Same with Alex Cook trying to cover Bobo. Like he would got turned around. Oh, he yeah. Got, he got it was beat. embarrassing. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of things that have just like not gone well the last two games. I think if I have to sum it up, you know, you still feel really good about what this offense can do. And this offense is going to keep us in every game. I don't think that we're going to get blown out just because our offense is going to put up points, but hopefully we get, you know, we're coming back home against Arizona. That'll be nice. We get some more, you know, guys off the injury list back into the field of action, you know, maybe, maybe, but I mean, eventually they'll come back, but, I think the reality is you're looking at a super inexperienced defense in the positions that this defense needs to be the most experienced. And it's just bad timing. It's like, if we could have Gordon and McDuffie on this D, we would be lights out like top 10 team. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you said it all, Sam. I think that what bugs me and why I agree with Connor and we were frustrated because you were out of pocket and Connor and I were having a field day in the text chain. <laughs> I, know, UCLA. I, I got the service and it was like 300 messages. <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. Sorry, bro. It's kind of like last year when I woke up in Greece and it was after the Montana game. It was, oh no. Yeah. Why do you say neither that? of these were that bad? That was yeah. not, it wasn't that bad, but I'm probably equated to that for you yeah. and the amount of messages, but a coach's job, right, is to put his his or her players in the best positions to succeed, right? That's a coach's job. And what really rubbed me the wrong way in this Arizona State game is you have a third-string quarterback out there for most of the game for Arizona State, and yep. you know they're going to try to run the ball on you. I mean, he passed very efficiently too, but, you know, with a third yeah. string, you know they're going to try to run the ball. And they're using the exact same concepts as they did against UCLA of rolling the guard over and running a certain direction. And the defense was not ready for it. And that just, it really rubs me the wrong way when you see the same play over and over two weeks in a row when UCLA exposed us and we couldn't do anything about it a week later. And so that really speaks to me about whether A, the players literally can't execute, which is probably part of your point, or B, the coaches aren't, also scheming changing the scheme to help stop some of our weaknesses yeah i totally agree and i think it's definitely a combination of both like you make a great point the coach's job is to put the active healthy players in a position to succeed and like like i mentioned the scheme that the coaches want to run defensively put so much stress and put those defensive backs on an island when you're trotting out super inexperienced players, like you need to switch that up. Yeah, switch like play, it up. Yeah. Play softer coverage, play, you know, let them dink and dunk, but don't get beat deep and keep the play in front of you. Like I would like that is my biggest qualm with the coaching staff is that we haven't they've been stubborn with their system and just like basically have taken the approach that we're gonna let these young players take their lumps and hopefully they get better by tossing them in the fire. And I think that's a dangerous game to play. Well, and especially against a third string, and I know Connor, I'm stealing. I'll let you talk. No, you're fine, dude. Uh, Especially against a third string quarterback. Yeah. Like let him beat you. Oh my God. And he did to be fair. He did in a, 
few occasions, but put more pressure and put more guys back there where he has to pick you apart. And I think that was, that was the frustrating thing, how easy we made it. And it gives me flashbacks, not to go on too much of a tangent, but of the United States men's national team coach, Greg Berhalter, how he doesn't adjust his scheme to the players. And he has a system and forces yes. his players to play a system. And that's what it reminded me of after watching the Arizona yeah. state game, which is very frustrating. So Connor, I'm going to let you talk now. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just frustrated like that. We just have no adjustments on defense. I mean, you guys have basically said it that like, even in game, right? Like, I mean, you can see what both UCLA and Arizona state are trying to do. And there's like, it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and it's just frustrating. It, it's, it's not just the scheme too. It's, it's, it's personnel wise too. I mean, the, the fact that you're playing camp fab over cam Williams and now because of that, cam Williams is redshirting. And what that means is that he's going to transfer because he's not getting the playing time that he deserves is just, I mean, that's, that's fucking up what's best for your team there because you like maybe the personality of cam fab better than you do cam Williams. I call bullshit on that for sure. Why? What has cam Williams done to make you think that he is better than cam fab? Uh, started his freshman year and like he can actually diagnose a play on defense and defend a pass. He can kind of defend passes, but he is a huge, and I'm not saying Cam Fab isn't. I just don't think that I, there's been a lot of noise in the Twitter sphere about Cam Williams being way better than what we trot out there. I'm not saying he's way Cam, better, but he's definitely just, better. I don't know that I agree with that at all. Cam Williams has absolutely been, besides Jackson Sermon, the biggest tackling liability that we've had on our defense the last two years. The okay, dude so cannot tackle. He cannot. I guess a, a different way to ask the question is, has Cam Fab earned his spot enough where you cannot try other players at that position? No. Why can't, if, if you're playing all these corners, you played 11 players in the fucking right. secondary this last week. <laughs> Can you can you not fucking try Julius Irvin at safety? Can you not try fucking Devon Bakes at fucking safety? Like I Cam agree Fab with is that. bad. No, I agree with this. I agree with this. I think honing on the in on the Cam Williams thing is where I draw the line. Like all I'm saying, well, the only reason I honed in on is this is because of this, he's transferring. Like which is a bummer. And speaking of transfers, like we probably could use Jacoby Covington this year would be yeah, nice. Well, that's what I'm going to bring it back to is like, I think that he fell out of favor with the coaches. He definitely would be our like most talented corner right now. Yeah, easily. So I, there is some, I agree with you on. They play favorites on, on probably on both sides of the ball, but on defense, especially is what I'm seeing as, as they play these like cam cam bright, like you said, not getting yeah. it done. Carson Bruner deserves snaps over that dude because yeah. Cam Bright's not getting it done right now, but because he was a transfer portal, like recruited by this staff, he's getting playing time over, over Carson Bruner. That's yeah. uh, like scheme wise, for sure. I have an issue with them not adjusting the scheme, yeah. but personnel wise, like some of these guys that are playing right now do not deserve playing time over some of the guys that are playing better. Yeah. And I the would, fact I that Chuck Morrell, like in his press conference today, what really set me off is he had no fucking accountability today. 
no accountability. He blamed injuries. He blamed lack of communication on defense. He blamed guys not having their best game. He blamed like the fucking surface. Like he blamed everything but of his fucking self. Sounds like me. <laughs> You're the goddamn co-defensive coordinator of this defense, dude. And with the DB specialty. Yeah, front and they're the guy. worst. Like, oh, dude. I mean, so okay, who, hiring them would probably be... over the top, but like, dude, it it's it's not a good look. And these guys have gone through this before, though. Like, this is the questions that we had going into the season. These guys, yeah. all these guys, have struggled at their previous jobs. Like Fresno State didn't have a fucking good defense. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I'm not and, kidding you. <laughs> yeah. And the stops that they had before that were not good either. Like Inge has gotten fired. Morell's gotten <clears throat> fired from like mid-season firings. Both these guys have had mid-season firings before. The fact that they're not fucking getting it done right now. And it's holding it, holding an epic offense back right now from achieving pretty fucking great stuff this year. Yeah, it's embarrassing, and, and I mean, I I think I think your points about the personnel and like it, like as far as the talent level, sure, but against ASU, dude, no, that that's a dumpster fire, dude. Like it's yeah, it's hard. It's hard to hear injuries and when they're on their third string quarterback and they lost their head yeah. coach. No, and dude, injuries are part of one football. Like yeah, your your third string safety is better than anything that they're trying out there. Like you guys, you God. guys are you guys are gonna make me cry. Now I'm feeling making you feel bad about the Huskies. I'm sorry, dude. But like this is just the reality that I'm seeing on set. Like this was this was a bad <laughs> loss at ASU. It was and not like, good. I, and and like th- what I take from this more than anything is I'll never fucking pick the Huskies in the Rose Bowl or Tepe again. Ever. No. Fucking ever. They're houses of horrors <laughs> for us, both of those sites. So is Cal too, but like I think stanford more i guess than Cal. cal's like, turf right so yeah okay. cal's turf yeah stanford uh yeah stanford pisses me off but yeah um okay pass rush is like the biggest thing that's disappeared like yeah. that's that's so, the biggest like thing that we had going for us on defense right eight sacks against stanford yeah i can One, tell you why the last two happening. weeks the only pass rush threat that we have is on the edge. And like, if you have no interior pass rush at all as a threat, it's super easy to neutralize the edge rush just by chipping guys. And between chipping guys and then scheming your offense to get the ball out quick, you can neutralize good edge pass rushers like Braylon Trice, CTF. Like they're still winning a lot of their one-on-one battles, but they're getting a slower start because they're getting chipped. The ball's getting out fast. We have no... And that's where I go to like some of you the need to have an answer for that though. You need to have an answer for it, but that's where I go to like some of the injuries. Like why why are we playing Javon Parker? Is because Thule's injured, Ulumu Ale's injured, but Tui Tui Tele is healthy, Jacob Bandas is healthy, Kuopa Kuopa is suspended. suspended. I don't know what that's all about. And then <laughs> you got Voy Tanufi at 260 uh. pounds in the inside is like he really should be out on the edge. And so I think you're just like not threatening the defense up the middle with any sort of pass rusher. Like, I think that was kind of the recipe of disaster that we've seen 
this last game in particular is like you have no interior presence in the pass rush. And so it's easy for the team to just kind of like slide protections to the edges, get a tight end or a running back to chip on one side or both sides, get the ball out. And you know, the DBs aren't covering. So it's like kind of a, a recipe for disaster there. I mean, you can try to blitz, but then again, you're, go back to their my earlier point it's like if you're bringing the house trying to blitz like we did at stanford it's like you're putting a lot of pressure on the defensive backs which well we tried easily... that with a walk-on safety and we got beat for a touchdown against yeah. asu yeah and that's what's gonna happen so it's it's in a bad spot everything's to blame in my mind yeah you don't have the personnel you have Pretty significant injuries on one side of the ball. Stubbornness with the scheme. The coach is not adjusting to the personnel and the experience of their personnel. And that's what you get. The offense isn't perfect. And right. you lose the game by a touchdown. Yeah, that's that's the biggest problem with this defense. Is like, like Literally, you need the offense to be perfect. Which they, I mean... They were through the first four weeks, pretty much, right? And yeah, as soon as you start adding in some turnovers, this it it becomes a different story. Um, real I quick, we should only... just talk about Penix. Like, I mean, he's playing still pretty good. Like you've seen the he's flaws. playing really well. Yeah, I, I mean, he's he's still turning the ball. Like the UCLA game, he had some like the two turnovers were definitely both on him. Yeah. This week, this la- the the a- ASU, yeah, that was a fluke. Um, but yeah, he had an injury scare. Though, yeah, game, I thought our season. God, was over. I thought it was over. <laughs> Dylan Morris. Ugh. Well, yeah, I mean, what his his the clock and in, the internal clock on the injury clock for for Penix is five to six games. So I was like, oh shit, it happened. Yep. Yep. But he's a trooper. Yep. He got punched in the throat. He came back though. He came back and really didn't do much on that drive, but yeah, um, I, I think he's going to be okay though. Like it sounds like he's yeah. he's he's good to go for for the Arizona game. So I get given this landscape. I know Sam, you're about to say something, but maybe this relates to it. But like what like what's your what's your realistic expectations going forward? I mean, we were we were anywhere from like I think since the hire of DeBoer, we've been anywhere from six and six to like. 10 and two for this team realistically i know you were saying like 12 and 0 but like i mean i think you were kind of i think you were kind of half joking whenever you said that yeah um so I was making like, fun of myself from the previous yeah, so year. so like we've i mean we but that's still a big swing that's a four game swing from six and six to ten and two i mean where are you like all of those are realistic at this point like all those can happen where are you at now with this team and 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 how do you see them finishing this season? I mean, I feel offensively we can beat anybody. Sure. Offen- like we're gonna put points up on anybody, I feel. And we're gonna get back home. It's gonna be a homecoming game against Arizona. Our defense is gonna be chomping at the bit to get Jaden Delora on the ground. That Maybe um, mentally, but not physically. But yeah, sure. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. ZTF is taking it personally. That's for sure. That's for sure. I think ZTF is going to get him. And he's going to get him bad. <laughs> so Throw I him. think I think we're going to beat Arizona at home this weekend. Okay. I think we'll beat Cal on the road. 
We should put up like 60 against Cal. That defense is bad this year. Yeah. So I think we'll get back on track. You, you're sitting at what, six and two then? Mm-hmm. You got Oregon State coming to town. That's mm-hmm. going to be a tough game. Oregon mm-hmm. State's good. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for that program. Let's call that a toss up. Probably a loss at Oregon at this point. Yeah. Right. Probably. Um, and then win Colorado. Colorado. And then it pains me to say this, but probably a toss up at Wazoo. So I'll go. Yep. I can't say we're going to lose to Wazoo. So we're going to beat them, beat their asses, and say we lose to Oregon State. So eight and four. <clears throat> eight and four. I still yeah. think that we're eight and four, nine and three. Is kind of where I'm seeing us land. I think eight and four is probably the most realistic. Yeah. It's That's probably like the most realistic. Out. But if I had a guess, I would definitely lean more towards nine and three than seven and five. Okay. I go the other way. I yeah. lean more towards, I think eight and four is like the most likely, but I lean more towards seven and five than eight and mm-hmm. four. Because I view the Oregon and Wazoo games as likely losses. Okay, guys. Apple Cup's going to be interesting. Well, this is a complete opposite of what we're used to in Apple Cup. We have the yeah. offense. They have the defense. Right. Dickert's a fucking good coach, Sam. Mm-hmm. He is. They stumbled into that one, didn't they? He's a good they coach. Did stumble. They did. They better lucky. hope that he, they hang on to <laughs> yeah. that, dude. And listen, uh, I like Wazoo. Honestly, I do. Like, I, I want them to be good, but I want to beat their ass. When you we want to be better. On Apple Cup, you, yeah, sure. you want them yeah. to be good and us to be better. That's really Yeah, what you, that's fair. Yeah. And you want Oregon to be 0-12 every year. That's I don't want to see Oregon have a lick of success. That's in what I'm life. saying. Like, you want Wazoo to be like 10-2 and and the Huskies to be 12-9. Yes, exactly. I, I think Wazoo is a better team than us. I think Oregon is a much better team than us right now um so that's two losses right there and then you have oregon state's a really tough game we haven't that's shown the most can, likely that could right we, ha- we haven't shown we can play on the road which is the cal game so mm-hmm. i that should be a win on all things paper but yeah so that's why i lean more seven five i think it's likely eight and four which goes back to my original we you get this you ride this high and then it goes back to your original yeah. pick i feel like i've been having just kind of like weird crazy predictions on this episode so we're fucking running the tape 10 and 2 oh (laughs) i love that after all the negativity that (laughs) i just put out there i need to end this end this episode on a positive note this this staff turns it around you know they change the scheme finally to adjust to the personnel cam fab doesn't play another snap this season Ken Williams it, takes his red shirt off. I, I'm speaking out of my ass right now. I don't believe this at all. But yeah, sure, ten and two. We be like I. I don't want to lose to Oregon. I don't want to lose to Wazoo. But I don't think that. I mean, honestly, like I don't think that it that could is that silly. It could happen with it's, the it's offense not likely, that we. Though. It's yeah. I'll give you that. It's unlikely for sure. But with this offense, there's no reason we can't beat any team left on our schedule. Yeah, at Autzen's going to be tough, man. We're going to have just a lot of issues trying to stop that offense. They're going to run train on us. I think that's like a 56 to 30 game at Oregon. Yeah, Mm. we're going to score. Like, we're We're going to score. score. Yeah, but they're going to put up 50 against us almost for sure. I think it might be like 50 something to 40. Let's just call that the one loss. I'll say nine and three. All right. Okay. Done deal.
Well, there you have it. That's what it's going to be. Nine and three. All right. Anything else you guys want? Just a bonus. How bad is Oklahoma? Holy shit. I'm glad I'm not them. I'm glad I'm not uh, Nebraska. I'm glad I'm not Oklahoma. I'm glad I'm not Texas even. Wisconsin. I mean, at least Texas looks like they're okay. I mean, holy crap. I mean, they beat Oklahoma. But that (laughs) Oklahoma, though, I mean, holy God, that program. Going to the SEC with that. I mean, in this age of college football where players can transfer every – I mean, oof. Venables – he might be. I mean, they might need to correct that mistake this season. Just like call they it a law. Yeah. yeah. I don't, don't think we have that issue de- here. Defensive coordinator. No. I. I. Last... I'm still generally positive for sure with oh, the in the direction of Husky football. It, and DeBoer's need, the right hire. I think yeah, anything right... above seven and five and up is a success. We need the right but... staff around him. It would have been yeah. really nice because uh, it was Orlando Steinauer or whatever that was. Yeah. The, DC candidate. I that think if we had gotten nice. him, that would have been it. It it like this could have been a Pac-12 championship team. I I still don't. Think that. I still don't think that we have the players on defense to do that. Maybe we get a couple transfers. Because Maybe of like his track record versus you know this current staffs. I mean, DeBoer has gone on record saying that he knew that the secondary was going to be an issue this year. Yeah. Which just seems fucking crazy to say, honestly. <laughs> but um, I guess he's being honest at least. But like, it just seems crazy to say that, like that, like you knew it was going to be an issue yeah. depth wise, um, and that they tried to address it transfer portal, but it wasn't the right fit. Um, so yeah. it it's I don't know. It's it's the first year, you know. Like if exactly if we're like, if we're eight and four this year, that's a that's a, a success. success. Yes. Like hell yeah. Hell yeah. This is a this is a really favorable schedule though, especially with how mm-hmm. like the teams that we beat have played. Yeah. Last thing I'll say before I shut up. Sorry. It really pains me that we lost to those Arizona State uniforms. They were trash. Hold mm. on. Even Listen. my wife hated them. My wife hated them too. <laughs> she was like, You can see all the sweat in their yeah. crevices. Yeah. <laughs> He's he like, goes, hey, I'm glad that's that. on the little TV right now because I couldn't stand that on the big TV. <laughs> this has made me mad that we lost to this. All right, I'm done. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, so next game, homecoming, Saturday, 2.30 p.m. If you have Pac-12 Networks, it'll be on that. If not, um, then go find a bar or something to watch it at. But it'll probably be at the same time as the Mariners game. So I'll probably watch the Good Mariners luck. game. <laughs> Um, we also have a game time for the Cal game in two weeks. So that's at 7.30 on ESPN. Classic projector game for oh, yours yeah. truly. So that might be the last one of the season because weather's going to turn pretty cold here pretty soon, I'm sure. Um, but I think I think it'll hold out for that game. What's your prediction for this uh, Arizona game, though, coming up before we wrap up for the night? Mm, uh, go ahead, Justin. Uh, I think we win this game. We bounce back. I think it's going to be 45-38 UW. I think right. I'm I'm similar. I think our defense will have a little bit more of a bounce back game. I think we'll we'll win 45 to 28. I think it's not going to be close at all. Good. I would love that. I think Delora and that cowling dude are gonna give us fucking issues all night 
Well, Dolores is um, not going to make it out of the first quarter. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and if kill that's the case, then I might revise my my prediction. But kill I, the I head, know, kill man. the body. I think it's going to be a barn burner. Um, <laughs> this uh, Arizona defense is bad. Forty. 45-41. 41 points. Oof. The spread, I think, is like 14 for this game, right? The spread 14. is we don't, stupid. We don't cover. No, for, for well, sure, you, we don't Sam cover. says we cover. I think we will, but I, I still, that's like, if I'm saying that, you got to like, that's Homer status. Like, you got to <laughs> dial it down from there. If I'm a betting man, I'm not. No way. <laughs> so you wouldn't put money behind your prediction, but you're gonna that's that's no. the prediction you're rolling with. That's like my 10 and 2 prediction for sure. <laughs> All right. Anything else that we missed tonight, guys? I think we covered we covered a lot. This is a long one. Justin's falling asleep right now. Um so <laughs> only thing that I will add here if the Mariners end up beating the Astros and going to the ALCS either against the Yankees or the Indians. We are going to do a live episode. I'm committing yeah. to that. You guys should I, commit to that now. I think we go live after the game after after the deciding game if we win. Okay. Which for me is going to be game 4. All right, we'll tentatively okay. plan on that. Okay. So long as my son isn't shitting everywhere in the house, then yes, I will be there. Dude He's a big boy. He's putting on the he's pounds. Had, he's had three blowouts in the last like five days. Oof. I believe it. Well, he's like starting to do that thing like where he's not pooping every time. So he's like building it up. Yeah. Oh, for the for the big one. For the waiting big for one. the waiting <laughs> for the, yeah. waiting for the Seahawks. Julio, the, the big one. <laughs> waiting for the Huskies and the Seahawks to play and just you know making dad's day miserable oh, yeah. man. and then his face just starts turning red and he just <laughs> oh it's happening i'm like oh god all right let's get you to the bath buddy um so anyway that's been happening in my household all right i think we're done anything else i think we're good to go all right thanks for listening folks as always we appreciate the support subscribe and follow if you haven't already and leave us a message via the anchor link in our description until next time go m's go hawks Go dogs and Julio. Ooh. Hey, cracking first game on Wednesday too. Maddie Beniers. Yep, yep.